Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of From My Point of View. Uh, late upload. It's going to be a late upload. Um, hopefully, by the end of Tuesday, I have this uploaded, which I think I will. But, you know, life comes at you, starting a new job in the real world. And the podcast going to keep going, of course. I'm not going to stop it. But um, just sometimes you got to do some work around. So, uh, very excited this week. Kind of just a shorter week. Um, not much I really want to talk about other than football. Chandler Jones, the Chandler Jones situation is a bit concerning for sure, which I, I'm just now like catching up on this morning. They briefly mentioned him, briefly mentioned him on the Sunday night, Sunday night broadcast saying, you know, He's away from the team due to personal reasons and the Raiders themselves haven't really given the public or the media any sort of indication as to when or if he's going to rejoin the team. And then ESPN just put out something today that we'll we'll check out and talk about in a, in a little bit. Um, so let's just go forward. We'll start with the Monday night games. Another back-to-back Monday night games. Uh, we're back to one Monday night for week Four, it's gonna be the Giants and Seahawks. But Eagles Bucks was the first game, and then the the second game to start about an hour after Rams Bengals Super Bowl rematch from a few years ago. Uh, definitely different teams for sure. But the Eagles and Bucks. Listen, this game ended twenty five to eleven, but uh, I mean the Bucks were in it. I think that Eagles defense was just a bit too much for them to handle. Like I. I still kind of like the Bucs. Like, they are definitely going to be a scrappy team. They're not an easy out. They're not an easy win. They're going to beat a lot of teams that people probably are going to... Like, people will probably bet against them, and they might, they'll might they end up winning. There's going to be a, a few more of those this year. And this was just a tough one for them. You know, the Eagles' defense dominated that defensive line. So, really, it was the story of the lines for each team. Um, specifically for the Bucs, their defensive line got shredded on the ground. Uh, I mean, their secondary made some plays. They picked off Hurts twice. Uh, unfortunately, one of their picks was inside or just on like the one-yard line, and then they got stuffed trying to run it out of the one-yard line. They got stuffed for a safety, and that's, again, the story is the lines. So their defensive line got shredded on the ground. DeAndre Swift was running through enormous holes in the defense that were just like he was running through them and and no one was in like two yards of him that's how big these these gaps that uh the offense the eagles offensive line was creating for him so they they were really going to work on that bucks defensive front and they couldn't really do anything to stop them um the eagles got big plays on the brown jalen hurts i mean jalen hurts made some like probably two or three just ridiculous throws one I think two of them actually were to Zacchaeus one was for a touchdown but the other one was like him escaping the pocket and throwing it on the run to his left as he got hit right over defender onto the sideline to Zacchaeus and then the other one again stepping up in the pocket getting hit right over the head of a defender into the arms of Zacchaeus who walks into the end zone um so a couple, he made a, a few crazy throws. Uh, he also threw a bad pick. And then one other pick um, was not really that one that that was caught at like the one yard line for the Bucs. That wasn't really his fault. That was just a great play on the ball. 
by Delaney, uh, who again caught it at the like the one, and the uh, the Eagles ended up getting a safety on the box. But I thought Baker looked pretty good. Um, his one interception, it was like pouring rain. It started to pouring rain in in Florida when that happened, and. He threw a dart. He threw a dart. It was just a little too out in front of, I think he was throwing it to Otten, Kate Otten, the tight end. And um, it got picked off by Blankenship, but it wasn't like in a, a completely dumb, like egregious interception when you throw your hands up and you're like, oh, that's Baker being Baker. Like he tried to make a play, you know, they're, they're trying to make a play. There's, there's not much going on, but yeah, it's, it, it just, it is what it is. Uh, Mike Evans, over 59 and a half yards. That's the only bet I did on Sunday night. And he got 60. The one extra yard came on that uh that fade he got against Darius Slay for the touchdown towards the end of the game. That put him at 60 for the game. So barely got there. But uh yeah, I mean, I, I just I didn't really I can't look at the Bucs and be like, okay, this is who they really are. Because I don't I don't think it is. I just think the Eagles are that much better and you know they're i've been i feel like i've been a a broken record player saying this for like the past three weeks but the eagles the niners and the cowboys are just well (laughs) the cowboys we we got to talk about the cowboys because they they did what the cowboys do as soon as everyone starts hyping up the super bowl aspiration they do what the cowboys do so the Eagles and Niners, really. I think the Cowboys might have taken a little bit of a step down in that direction, in that uh, in that regard. But the Eagles are still very good. That defensive line is a menace. I mean, Baker got smacked a couple times where he got just like totally leveled as he throws. And, you know, I really, 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 really hope he doesn't get hurt. I know this dude is playing hard. And I know this guy is like, like, there's a reason he's playing hard. First of all, that's just who he is, that he's always been that way. He's always played hard like that. I just don't want him to get hurt and then have to do what have what happened to him in Cleveland, happened to him in Tampa Bay. Like, I do want him to succeed. He's a guy you can you can root for. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like him, uh, but he, he plays hard, man. He puts his body on the line. His teammates really, really, really respect that. And you can tell by the way they're playing for him. But... Uh, when the defensive line is basically like the Eagles are just running all over you, what else can you do? You know, at, at some point it gets out of hand and it wears you down and then they couldn't really do much. This game ends 25 to 11. Uh, Mike Evans, by the way, made one of like the craziest catches I've ever seen over the middle, uh, one-handed defender tackling him midair. Just like ridiculous, ridiculous catch. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Bucks. I still think they're pretty nice. Like, honestly, like they, they looked, they looked okay. I, I just think that, that their defensive line and their offensive line was overwhelmed by the Eagles defensive and offensive line. That's just how it looked to be all game. Uh, the second Monday night game, Rams, Bengals, Joe Burrow. Uh, he, he didn't throw for any touchdowns, but he definitely looked a little bit better than he has. Um, he was a, a true game time decision with this calf injury. I, I don't know. I, I think that this is a weird game for him. Um, he had some time to throw in the pocket this game. Like the offensive line definitely held up a little bit better than it had been. Uh, 
he missed a couple throws high. He didn't look, I don't know. He didn't really look, still look like Joe Burrow. I think the calf still was definitely bothering him a little bit, but he looked better than he did the first two weeks. I'll give him that much. Um, again, didn't throw for a touchdown. The Bengals had four field goals by McPherson and a 14-yard touchdown run by Mixon to win this game 19-16. to Uh the one Burrow did throw an interception, but it was not really his fault. He threw it into Boyd and Boyd caught it, but the ball kind of like rode up his shoulder a little bit. And Witherspoon kind of was like on Boyd's back. And as the ball rode up, he kind of just reached over Boyd. And as they were going to the ground, ripped it out of his hands. So that goes down as an interception for Burrow because Boyd, I guess, technically never had full possession of the ball. And that's why Witherspoon was able to rip it away from him. Um, so it goes down as interception, but that's not really his fault. Uh, Jamar Chase, he finally got Jamar Chase the ball. Chase had a huge game. Uh, 12 catches, 141 yards. T. Higgins left this game with an injury. So ideally, he's okay moving forward. Um, but he did get banged up a little bit towards the end there. I did see that he was leaving the game. Uh Hopefully he's fine, but Mixon had a good day, 19 rushes, 65 yards, a touchdown. Uh, he had a couple gashes on the Rams. Uh, Stafford, I mean, Stafford and continues to look good. I know the Rams are one and two, but like, who do they play next week? Because that's, they play the Colts next week at Indianapolis, which not, that's not a, that's not a give me. I mean, if you asked me in the beginning of the season, I said, that's probably a give me for the Rams, but it's not like the Colts. They just beat the Ravens, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, they played hard, like they played good. I don't know if Richardson's going to play this game or if it's going to be Gardner uh, Minshew, but either way, they're going to be a tough out. I think both quarterbacks clearly give them the chance to win at home is against the Rams. So it's not a give me, but like if the Rams win that game and come out of the Cooper cup, IR stint two and two and cup is able to be activated and play week five, which I have not heard if he's, if he's rehabbing well or not. Uh, but if he's able to come out and, and and play week five and you're two and two as the Rams, you got to be feeling at least a little bit better than what you were. Uh, yeah, so the Bengals win this game. They, they're off the schneid. They get their first dub. They're one and two. Both teams are one and two. Uh, Stafford threw a couple picks. One wasn't really his fault. The other one was him stepping up in the pocket, throwing what Stafford does, gunslinger style, sidearm, off one foot. Um, both were to the middle linebacker, Wilson, who made good plays on the ball. Um, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But Stafford, I mean, Stafford was doing what Stafford does, and that's throw the throw the rock like that. <laughs> throw around the pigskin. That's what he does. And he was slinging it all over the place, but... I mean, Burrow, Burrow threw the ball damn near 50 times Monday night. So uh, even if that calf was bothering him, Zach Taylor did not care. He was making him throw the football. So he, he, again, he looked a little bit better. Um, 260 yards and an interception, which again, wasn't his fault. Uh, no touchdowns for fantasy purposes. He is still going to ride the bench for me. I picked up Jordan Love. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to have to ride with Jordan Love the rest of the year or not maybe Maybe uh, until further noticed until Burrow starts to like really light it up again. Like I know he's capable of, but uh, until then, yeah, that's, that's, it's going to be the Jordan love show.
All right, uh, moving on to Sunday Night Football. This game was kind of like a half-watch, half-hangout and, like, play Xbox kind of thing. Um, the Steelers and Raiders. Not much rooting interest for me. Uh, the Steelers, I mean, I did bet the Steelers plus three, and they did hit. Uh, I did get a little nervous and cashed out, like, with halfway through the fourth quarter. I cashed out. I lost out on, like, two bucks, so it's not really that big of a deal, but... Um, the Steelers win 23 to 18 Pittsburgh, two and one Vegas, one and two Jimmy G. Uh, well this, I mean, the real thing here is at the end of the game, um, it's 23 to 15, you're down eight and rather than go for it, you kick the field goal, Josh McDaniels. This is why he's not a good head coach. This is why he's stupid. You need a touchdown. You need a touchdown. You can't, you cannot win this game without one. You're not going to, you're not going to kick this field goal and get the ball back. It's just not going to happen or the odds are very, very slim. And they did get the ball back with 10 seconds left on the clock. And the first, I mean, Jimmy G throws it, it gets picked off. So this is like mismanagement to the fullest. And this is why like, it doesn't make any sense to me because you score a touchdown with just under six minutes left, you go for two, you make it. So you already, you got eight, you scored a touchdown, you went for two to make it an eight point game. So why are you kicking a field goal when you know you need a touchdown and two point conversion to tie it? Why are you kicking the field goal with less than a little over two minutes left? Like you have 222 left in the game. And I forget how many timeouts they had left at that point, but even so, like one first down, you're screwed. So they end up getting the ball back with 10 seconds. I just, this is why Josh McDaniels is not a good head coach. Like, how can you go, how can you score a touchdown, go for two, because that you know that's that's what you have to do. You're down 16. You t- get a touchdown, you go for two, you're down eight. It doesn't make any sense to me that he would, like, not go for, t- the go for it like, on fourth down instead of kicking the field goal. You have to go for it, and you have to score. You have to score. It's a 26-yard field goal Carlson made. Like, you're there. Bro, you have to score the football and you have to go for two. There's no point in kicking this field goal. None. None at all. There's no point. So I don't really know why he did that. Um, Pretty stupid, if you ask me, but whatever. Uh, Steelers, a surprising two and one. This was actually, believe it or not, the first game that Kenny Pickett threw for two touchdowns. Threw for two touchdowns. He was very good. Um... Calvin Austin torched the Raiders over the top. Big touchdown pass there. And then he threw another one on a, off a of play action on the run uh, to his left, threw it to a wide open Pat Fryermuth uh, for another touchdown. So the first two touchdown passing two touchdown game for Kenny Pickett. So good job, Kenny. Um, working our way back through the slate, we're going to go Bears-Chiefs. A lot of stinky games. <laughs> a lot of stinky games. I mean, the one o'clock, I don't know why they made the schedule this week the way it is. Uh, they made nine games in the one o'clock slate, three in the four o'clock slate, and then the Sunday night game and the doubleheader on Monday night. Uh, but this this the Sunday game, the Sunday afternoon games were kind of trash. Uh it was but let's see. Next week we have at least do we have the same thing? Oh god. 
Yep, the same thing. Three, four o'clock games. A 405 game and two 425 games. That's pretty annoying. Um, but we have for here the the Bears and Chiefs, the Cardinals and Cowboys, and the Seahawks and Panthers were the four o'clock games. Um, the Bears and Chiefs, I mean, this game was who, who cared about this game? It was all about Taylor Swift. That's all anyone could talk about. Uh Travis Kelsey, you know, shooting his shot at Taylor Swift. Um it's pretty cool. I mean, from what I'm seeing online, you know, you, you get into like Swifty. Now it's like football and, and Swifty Twitter is like merging in a way um, where they're kind of all finding out about each other or like really interacting with each other. And, you know, there was pictures of them arriving before the game. Travis Kelsey kind of gave like this funny side eye look to the guy being like, don't mess this up for me, bro. And, you know, there was pictures of them leaving in the car. It was like straight out of Greece. You know, it was so funny. Uh, everyone was laughing. They're like, this is when, you know, the the sh it's almost like the shy nerdy girl gets with the douchey jock. And I'm like, oh, God. And then, you know, you see her screaming, let's fucking go. Like after he scored his touchdown next to his mom, who's just like casually clapping because she's seen this all before. She was kind of probably annoyed. Like, I can't believe my son didn't, it took him until the second half to score a touchdown in this game. That's pretty annoying. But, you know, she was very calm, seen it all before. Taylor was going crazy with, it was a huge, uh, a huge like press, not press box, but like a huge uh, guest box that they were at a skybox area. Like there was a ton of people in there. Um, them leaving after the game. And there were reports that like he bought out the restaurant for his team and Taylor. And like, I saw people on the Swifties on, on Twitter were just like, finally, finally a man who realizes he's dating the most popular singer on the planet right now. Like finally, cause she, I guess, you know, people like her past relationships, she's either dated people that are like not in her tier of like celebrity or stardom or success in that regard. Whereas Tra Travis Kelsey is, he's the best tight end in football. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. Um, he's going to go down as like top three greatest tight end of all time behind Gronk and, and Gronk, uh, Gronk and Gonzalez maybe. Um, I would put, I mean, in terms of receiving tight ends, he, he might surpass Tony Gonzalez, but like, you know, people are always going to have that. Well, Gronk's peak was better, which I agree with just based on the fact that Gronk was could, could one-on-one -on -one your, your defensive end and like hold his own and win a lot of times. So he was like a sensational blocker. And then also just an unstoppable uh, red zone machine touchdowns and on touchdowns. Like Travis Kelsey has more yards than Gronk, but he has like half the amount of touchdowns. Anyway, uh, the game itself was a complete blowout, uh, as predicted. The Bears are just a horrific team, a horrific franchise. And I got on Justin Fields last week. I don't think he's very good, unfortunately. Um, but I don't necessarily blame him. Like, the confidence that he had, even towards the end of last year, is shot. It's gone. It's gone. Like, this... This franchise is so bad, it like just drains the life out of their quarterbacks and they give them no shot, like legitimately no shot to succeed in the NFL. They are a horribly run franchise, a 
really, really poorly coached team. Matt Eberflus is not a good coach. I think this is Big Cat said this on part of my take. 13 straight losses. 13 straight losses. Like, I just don't know how him or literally any other Bears fan does it or why you would even, like, subject yourself to this team. There's just, there's no, there's no hope. This defense is still a joke, even with, you know, Tremaine Edmonds and some of the other guys that they that they acquired this offseason. Uh, this defense sucks. Like, they're just really, really bad. Um Justin Fields again looks horrible. They have like no running game. Uh it's the play calling is pathetic. It, it's it's just like top to bottom, really, really bad. And I just don't know know else how to how else to describe that. Um so you know, this game gets so out of hand that naturally the Taylor Swift stuff becomes the the center talking point. But you know, it's it's cute that they're dating and seeing each other and and all that. I hope it works out for them. They would immediately be the the closest thing America has to the royal couple. That's what I saw on Twitter where <laughs> just because this is like a dude who plays he's the best tight end in football who plays for the best team in the NFL. Um oh my god, the uh Patrick Mahomes wife tweets were so funny just like her in the box next to in the sky box next to Taylor Swift, just like angry. She's <laughs> not the center of attention anymore. Um, even though, you know, her and, and the brother always kind of like made a, a fuss about things sometimes. Now they're kind of under the radar. I think Patrick told them to to cool it. But yeah, Kelsey and, and Taylor Swift, man, that's like the talk of the town right now. And it's definitely funny. And it, but it's it's pretty cool, you know. It's pretty cool. My girlfriend's a huge Taylor Swift fan, and I'm like, ah, our worlds are colliding. <laughs> um, so yeah, very very fun. Um, in that regard, but in terms of the actual game, I mean, the Chiefs did whatever they wanted, whatever they wanted. Uh, Kelsey ended with 69 receiving yards too. By the way. His over was 71 and a half. I really wish he hit that because I bet two, I put two straight bets in for him to score a touchdown and his receiving over because I knew Taylor Swift was there. I should have taken his catches. I think his catches hit. They might have been six and a half, and I think he had seven. So took the wrong prop, but it's all good. Um, next game, moving on from that blowout. This game was a shocker, and this game was hilarious. The Cardinals, 28. The Dallas Cowboys, 16. Um... The Cardinals can very well be 3-0. Call it as it is. The Cardinals could be 3-0. If they had Kyler Murray, they probably are 3-0. They beat the Cowboys. They had a collapse against the Giants in week two in the second half where they just got absolutely dominated, which now the fact that, you know, they beat the Cowboys and uh, the Cowboys weren't able to mount a second half comeback against the Cardinals that does kind of bring a little bit more of a legitimate uh, thing to the Giants comeback and Daniel Jones's performance against the Cardinals in week two, that does make things a little bit better or a little bit more impressive, I should say, but the Cowboys just lost completely lost. Uh, You know, they did one of those things where they fell behind and then they had to rely on Dak Prescott to kind of bail them out of it. But this is the first game that they don't have Trevon Diggs, which I don't really think that's a coincidence. 
Uh, however, this Cardinals D, uh, offensive line is good. I would I would give them the certified stamp of approval. Good. So they almost beat the Commanders. They almost beat the Giants. If it wasn't for like some second half collapses, and then they end up holding on to beat the Cowboys. But they, I mean, James Conner has been playing really well. Like they, he he's running. For three quarters against the Giants, he did whatever he wanted to. And this game against the Cowboys, he was running the ball effectively as well. Like 14 carries, almost 100 yards and a touchdown for James Conner. Looks pretty good to me. Uh, this, again, the offensive line, man, that's got to give you some hope. And the more games the Cardinals win, the higher chance Kyler Murray actually plays this year. Because the whole thing is like, if he comes back, you know, he gets, he's able to be activated after week four. So only one more week on the IR until he's able to be activated, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to practice. And that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to play in a game, uh, you know, immediately after that, but he can be activated off the IR after that. Um, but the more games the Cardinals win, the higher chance he has to come in and, and win some, some football games for them and potentially make the playoffs because right now at one and two playing as well as they are where it's like, I mean, I'm sure they're telling themselves, Hey, like Jonathan Gannon's probably telling him, Hey man, like we're, we could be, we could be three and out if we, if we clean it up and we fix the mistakes that we had in the first two weeks moving forward, we could win football games. Like we could be three and out. There's a lot of positive signs there for them. And I'm sure like, if you're a Cardinals fan, you got to be, Kind of happy with where you're at right now. Uh, as for the Cowboys, definitely a red flag to lose to the the, the Cardinals, uh, especially because of what happened the first two weeks where, I mean, the Cardinals have played strictly the NFC East. And to to lose against the, the Cowboys is like, or to, to, to lose against the Cardinals for the Cowboys is definitely a red flag. And like I said, I think they're definitely – feeling the loss of Trevon Diggs. He he tore his ACL. He's out for the year. Huge blow for them. Uh, obviously devastating. You know, he's one of the best corners in the league. Um, he's a, he's a playmaker. He's a difference maker for them. So to lose him is, is tough, but at the same time, your defense is still very good. Uh, so to just get ran up on by the Cardinals like this and, and lose convincingly, you know, it was it was a convincing loss. Uh, good for the Cardinals, but if you're a Cowboys fan, I mean, this is I I <laughs> this is what happens, man. You, I'm, I'm I'm a Giants fan, I know, so I can only say so much because they just throttle us. They throttled us in Week One, and they just always beat us. Um, so I I can't say much, but come on. Like we know, we know this is what happens. You know, they they win the first two weeks against bad teams. I mean, I mean, I don't think the Giants are that bad, but they they out the Giants the Giants were outclassed by the Cowboys. Um, you play the Jets, no Aaron Rodgers, um, and suddenly everyone's like, are the Cowboys the best team in the NFL? Super Bowl aspirations again. Like you beat two teams that you should beat, and you should be three and zero, and you blew it. So now it's like, this is this is the Dallas team that we all know. This is the franchise that we know where 
people get a little ahead of themselves and then they, you know, end up losing a game that they should absolutely 100% win. Um, Happens all the time. Listen, you're going to have another couple losses this year where you kind of scratch your head and say, how the hell did this happen? But um, bad, bad loss for the Cowboys, man. Can't say I feel bad for them, though. Uh, Panthers, Seahawks. The Seahawks win 37 to 27. The Panthers are 0-3. And this is by, I mean, they lost by 10 to the Seahawks. The Seahawks offense looked really good, but like, this is the best the Panthers have looked all year and Bryce Young didn't play. So that's a little alarming. Uh, Andy Dalton played a pretty solid game here. I mean, this was, um, the, the real difference in this game was that third quarter where the Seahawks outscored them 10 nothing in that third quarter, and that ended up proving to be the difference because the Seahawks won by 10, uh, and the Panthers were able to score in the fourth quarter, and, and they did pull in to make it a one. Uh, um, the Seahawks were up by nine at one point, and then they were up by 17, and then the, you know, the Panthers scored with less than two minutes left, so it didn't really mean much, but that third quarter being outscored 10 to nothing proved to be the difference for them. But Andy Dalton, 361 yards, 58 times the Panthers threw the ball with Andy Dalton. 34 58, 361 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, Adam Thielen, 11 catches, 140 yards, 45 yards, vintage Adam Thielen. But this is like, if you're a Panthers fan, that's it's alarming. It, it is it is alarming to to sit there and be like. We the best we're zero three, which is not great, and the best we looked all year offensively is when Andy Dalton was our quarterback. So Bryce Young, he missed. I think it was an ankle injury he missed this week. Um, if he's healthy, he should play. I, I that's just it is what it is. You're gonna go through growing pains. Don't let this one week with Andy Dalton be like. Should we have Bryce Young sit? And start Andy Dalton, let the guy grow and learn and you know adapt to the NFL. No, I don't I don't think that's the that's the answer. Um, you have to play him. You have to. You have to see what you have. Uh if Andy Dalton looked like that, it's it's not, I don't think it's at, at that point, I, I don't think it's anyone else's fault other than Bryce Young. Like you gotta see what he can do, how he grows, how he develops. Um, you got to do it. You have to do it. And to be honest, CJ Stroud looks great. I mean, CJ, Anthony Richardson, I thought looked good the first two weeks of the season before. I think he just is a, is a, is a dummy and needs to learn how to not take hits because (laughs) obviously like the Colts need him, um, for their future. So he just needs to not be stupid and, and go down. Uh, but with CJ Stroud, CJ Stroud looked looks great. I mean, we're going to get to the Texans and and Jags in a little bit, but he already might be like CJ Stroud might be the best quarterback in that class so far. He is, he might be really good already. And Bryce young. uh, I mean, he hasn't looked great. He hasn't looked great. So you have to play him. And and I, I think everyone needs to understand that. Like, I don't really need to hear anybody, anyone being like, we have to play Andy Dalton now. No, you don't, but there's definitely going to be some leeway in terms of what 
you know, you can, uh, you can do with Bryce Young. Uh, the Seahawks get their second win. So now they play uh, next Monday night against the one and two Giants. So hopefully they can go to two and two. All right, moving right along, the Chargers and Vikings. Chargers win this game 28 to 24. I still think Brandon Staley should be fired. I do not care that they won this game. Uh, they should have lost, if not for a complete clock mismanagement meltdown by Kirk Cousins, where they get the ball inside uh, the 10, I think it was, at least inside the 15. And they have a shot at the end zone. They have a first down. It's first and goal. You're you're like under 30 seconds. Get up to the line, spike the ball. But instead, they're trying to run a, a play, run a hurry-up offense. They snap the ball. He throws an interception. Ball gets tipped up in the air. It's picked off. Um, and the Chargers win the game. But there's just there's no reason why, like, there's no reason why you shouldn't have you should have snapped that ball. That should be a spike. Stop the clock. You're not going to get four plays off anyway. So spike the ball with like 25 seconds left. Uh, instead, you try and run a play. You burn an extra 10 seconds off. Now you only have 15 and then you ended up turning it over anyway. But uh, I mean, that was just like poor clock mismanagement down to the the base of it. Like you couldn't have handled it any worse, honestly. Like you need to spike that ball, gather yourselves, draw up a play, and then make it happen. That is just, uh, I mean, they were, what was it? 11 and 11 and one, 11 and two, something like that in one possession games last year, the Vikings were, and now they're 0 and three. So it's literally everyone saw it happening. Like the, you could have looked at the Vikings last year. Yes. They won the division. Yes. They went to the playoffs, but you can look at them and be like, well, they could have easily only won like four games last year. Instead of whatever they won, 12 or 13, whatever. But it's like they were really teetering on that line every single week. And now it's just not going in their favor. They're making mistakes like that. They're 0-3. And, and that is a, a bad, bad mismanagement at the end of the game that bailed them out of it. It bailed the Chargers out because Brandon Staley inside like his 25 with less than two minutes left goes to try and end the game with a first down and runs the dumbest fullback dive with Joshua Kelly I've ever seen in my entire life. Like you have your running back lined up in your fullback position. I think everyone on the field knew the ball was going to him. So in in a game too, where Keenan Allen had like 17 catches, 18 catches, he, he was unstoppable. He even threw for a touchdown to Mike Williams, who... By the way, Mike Williams, torn ACL, he's out for the year. So another blow to my fantasy team. Unbelievable. Um, I'm going to have to trade DK Metcalf, which sucks because I've always wanted him on my team. But now it's like, well, I can't trade anyone else. He's like the only piece of value that I have right now. So I got to trade him. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It, it's pretty tough. I I, I just, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it's. What do you do here, Brandon Staley? You know, like you're a defensive coach. Your defense stinks. You're aggressive. And then sometimes you're not like sometimes you you punt the ball when you should you normally would go for it. And then other times you go for it where you've also punted it before. Like he can't seem to make up his mind whether he wants to be this super aggressive analytical guy 
or just like a traditional punted away when it's fourth down kind of person. I, I don't know what he wants to do. And I mean, if I'm not kidding, like I really, I really thought that he was going to get fired after the game. Like it was, I thought it was going to be one of those situations when they failed to convert that fourth down inside in their own territory, like deep in their own territory. And the Vikings got the ball back. I was like, the Vikings are going to win this game. And Brandon Staley's not going to get on the team plane home. He is going to have to get his own flight back to wherever he wants to go because he's going to get fired. This is going to cost him his job. And I've been I've been barking up that tree since that Jaguars collapse in the playoffs last year. Brandon Staley, he's tried to save his job by firing Joe Lombardi. And now you have Kellen Moore in there, who I don't really even think Kellen Moore is doing that great of a job right now. Um, the Vic- I mean, the, the Chargers look exactly the same as last year in terms of physical roster construction and play style. They look exactly the same. Yes, they're missing Austin Eckler, but it's like you're not you're not an improved team. You're literally you're quite literally a, a copy and paste of last year. And I just I can't see a reason to keep Brandon Staley around if the Chargers continue to struggle. I really 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 can't The Chargers play the Raiders next week in Los Angeles. Uh, You could win that game, but then you're playing the Cowboys and Chiefs back-to-back, which could very well be two losses in a row. And, I mean, like, doomsday scenario, you lose to the Raiders, and then you have the Cowboys and Chiefs back-to-back, you're staring one and five in the face. Like, the Raiders, I mean, I don't really particularly think they're good. But against this Chargers defense, who knows? You know, they could very well score like 27 points and win this game. So I, I just, I don't know what's going on with uh, with the Chargers. But I mean, I do know what's going on. They're just not very good, in my opinion. I really just don't think they're very good, point blank. Uh, the Vikings, yeah, you're 0-3. I think everyone's kind of holding their breath for that Justin Jefferson trade request. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think it's ever going to come. I think he he's going to get like a massive extension, but something's going to happen. Something's going to happen because uh, they're 0-3 right now, and that's not like you're you're not looking great. Um, I just realized I teased Chandler Jones, the Chandler Jones stuff at the beginning, and then we went over the Sunday night game, and I forgot to mention it because that's just where my head is right now. But Chandler Jones, uh, really quick, he went on record saying he was hospitalized against his will. Um, he wrote in a social media post, this is from ESPN. So he wrote in a social media post on Monday night that he was taken to a hospital, quote, against my will by the Las Vegas Fire Department and later transferred to a behavioral health facility last week. Jones was placed on the non-football injury list or non-football illness list last week by the Raiders. But what the team has described as a personal matter, which is what they mentioned on Sunday night, um, he has been way away from the team since Labor Day. Oh, he was away, been away from the team since Labor Day weekend when he began a series of social media posts aimed at the Raiders, owner Mark Davis, general manager Dave Zeigler, and coach Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I don't know. It may be some type of episodic mental episode. I don't know. Uh, in the journal entries, I guess he wrote, he posted journal entries, said that Jones said, Five to seven Las Vegas Fire Department officials came to his house and told him he put on a court hold by the Las Vegas Police Department. 
Uh, and when he said, I haven't done anything wrong, the police said that people were concerned about his posts online and that he was, quote unquote, injected with an undisclosed substance, even though he didn't give consent once he was in the ambulance. And then uh, he was taken to Southern Hills Hospital in Vegas and then transferred to Seven Hills, where they tried to force me to take meds and injections. Jones wrote that he called Zeigler six to seven times asking for help, and I wondered if he had put me in here, but he never answered. He said he left voicemails and is just trying to figure out why the Raiders won't allow him in the facility or be a part of the team. So he said, I'm stuck here. I'm very sane. I'm a strong person. I'm too strong of a person to be mentally broken. So seems like a very serious and concerning thing. Um I, I don't know what's going on with Chandler Jones, but obviously I hope he's fine and I hope, you know, this gets resolved because clearly I I don't know, you know, there's not, it's one of those things where you're not really sure who to, whose side to believe, you know, um, but definitely concerning for sure. Okay. Back to our scheduled programming, the Texans and Jaguars, a convincing, dominant, 37 to 17 win by the Texans uh, over the Jaguars. I mean, bad loss for Jacksonville, but a very impressive win for Houston. And I think that's what the focus should be. But uh, CJ Stroud looked tremendous. The Texans also, by the way, have owned Jacksonville, owned them. Um, so 37 to 17, CJ Stroud look, he looked tremendous. I mean, absolutely tremendous against this Jacksonville team. 20 of 30, 280 yards and two touchdowns, still has not thrown an interception in the NFL. Uh, Tank Dell with a huge game, five catches, 145 yards and a touchdown. Trevor Lawrence did not look particularly good. D'Amico Ryans, defensive guru he is, that Houston defense looked great, picked off Lawrence. I think they forced a couple turnovers, but holding Jacksonville to 17 points and then hanging 37 on them, very, very impressive win. And I think it's safe to say CJ Stroud has cemented himself as the best quarterback in that draft. And really, he didn't even look that bad. I mean, week one against the Ravens, he looked a bit overwhelmed, but like his offensive line was depleted. Hunsell finally comes back. They get a couple guys back today. He looked great, had protection, 20 of 30, throwing the football, um, good yardage, touchdowns, like, no, still hasn't turned the ball over in the air. Like you just, you can't ask for more from the kid. You have to be ecstatic that this dude is is showing the signs that he is showing right now. Uh, he is throwing the ball incredibly well. With Jacksonville now, you're one and two. Who is it? One of the, I think one of the repeat reporters, someone said like, if the Jaguars don't win 13 games this year, it's an unmitigated disaster. Like you're a loser. So I think that is a, a dumb opinion, but um. Like this AFC South is going to be sloppy. Like I, I, I did not think Jacksonville. I, I think they should win the division. I think they should definitely. And I think if they don't, then that's definitely a disaster for for them as a franchise. Um, with the aspirations that they had, especially after winning a playoff game last year. But I mean, I'm just not sold, man. I'm not sold on Trevor Lawrence. I'm sorry. I'm just not. Um, I, I think he's a good quarterback, but like. There are so many times like this where I'm just like, what, what is happening? Like, how, how could this be, you know, but a, a sensational win, uh, for the Texans. Um, I think they had a pick six. 
Oh no, it wasn't a pick six. It was like an unbelievable touchdown return on a kickoff. Uh, Andrew Beck, a fullback, I think he is. He he caught the kickoff that fell short. It bounced in front of me, caught it, and he ended up returning it for a touchdown. Like an all-time catastrophic blunder for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just like, uh, like that. That's grounds for firing your special teams coach. Like, how could you possibly allow something like that to happen? It was insane. But uh, Stroud was just balling out with Tank Dell. The def- the offense looked great. The defense looked great. You gotta be like right now. Like John Mechie still has barely even made an impact. Um, and he was a guy that was highly thought of. I mean, I thought highly of him coming out of Alabama. And he's still coming back from literally beating cancer. So shout out to him. I'll give him some time. I think he's going to be a good wide receiver for CJ Stroud. Uh, Yeah. I mean, this is a huge, huge moral and literal W for the Houston Texans. Um, The Packers and Saints. Packers win 18 to 17. Jordan Love mounts a comeback to beat the Saints after converting a two-point conversion. Um, So risky there obviously, because they go for the two-point conversion with the hopes of then scoring another touchdown then kicking the extra point to win by one. Obviously, if you don't get the two-point conversion there, it's I was screaming kick the one because if you kick it, then you can score a touchdown and kick an extra point to then tie the game at 17. But Matt LaFleur risked it all. He went for two. They got it. And then, of course, they get the stop. They get the ball back. They score another touchdown, kick the extra point, and they win by one, 18 to 17. Derek Carr leaves this game with a uh, AC, they called an AC joint sprain. Um, not sure how long he's going to be out, but Jameis Winston just couldn't really make things happen there. Tough for him. I mean, the Packers defense, I don't think Jair Alexander was playing, but still a good Packers defense. They got stops when they needed to. They got the back uh, the ball back to Jordan Love. And I'll tell you what, Jordan Love, Jordan Love's nice. Jordan Love is really nice. And I, I, I can't believe it, but like the Packers might have, scouted themselves into a third good quarterback. And I mean, the past two have been Hall of Famers, but now you're looking at Jordan Love, who's like slinging it all over the place. The dude throws the ball. He he throws a really pretty ball. And, you know, Romeo Dobbs had a great game. They still, Christian Watson still hasn't played this year. Um, David Bakhtiari hasn't played this year, I don't think. So he, he it was... Oh, and it was Jordan Love's first career start at Lambeau. So you got to tip your cap to him. A hell of a win for your first start at Lambeau Field. Um, the Packers are 2-1. The Saints are 2-1. But that that's a great win for them. As for the Saints, I mean, you gotta th- you're kind of kicking yourselves here if you're a fan or and if you're the Saints here as like you probably win this game if if Derek Carr is, doesn't, doesn't leave the game. Um, not that he looked particularly good. But he definitely could have moved the ball better than Jameis, and they probably could have gotten a salvage, at least another field goal on one of those possessions. You got to think. So, the good news for the Saints: you're two and one, and you get Alvin Kamara back next week. That's the good news. Uh, Lions, Falcons. Not much to say about this game. The Falcons' offense finally was not able to do anything. Uh, the Lions' defense looked great. Lions win twenty to six. Both teams are two and one. Goff throws and runs for a touchdown. The Gotham Knight, as me and my my friend have been calling him. Uh, but he, I mean, the rookies came to play. Amon Ross St. Brown, not a rookie, but over 100 yards. 
He's just, he's sensational. Um, but no David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs gets the primary wor- workload, 17 carries, 80 yards for him. Uh, Sam Laporta had a huge game, six catches or eight catches, 84 yards and a touchdown, a long touchdown, a 45 yard, 45 yard touchdown for him. Dynasty asset for me. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Like I said, great game. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson recovered a fumble and he's just everywhere. Jack Campbell, uh, had a sack. So a lot of rookies and, and second year players making an impact for the lions, uh, just, I mean, they, they looked like a solid team. They win 20 to six, kind of a gross game. But like I said, both teams are two and one. I do, I do wonder how long the leash is for Desmond Ritter because yeah, he's young, but like, I think it's pretty obvious to everyone. He's not really the guy there. And like, they have Taylor Heineke. So like, do you make that switch at some point? I don't know. We'll see. Um, Bills commanders, the Bills blew the doors off the commanders, 37 to three, four interceptions, nine sacks, uh, a fumble recovery and a defensive TD for this Bills defense. They were just everywhere. Sam Howell finally had a horrible game. The commanders had a horrible game, um, but he really was just, I mean, the Bills defense was really just giving them hell everywhere you looked um and, and they they beat the crap out of the commanders so the commanders now two and one bills two and one they look back on track josh allen looked great not much to say about this game other than just the sheer dominance that buffalo uh put down on the commanders uh patriots jets i mean the jets had a chance to win this game and zach wilson just is not good uh, I gave him a little spark of hope last week saying like, I want him to succeed and all that, but he, he sucks and frustrations already in week three, starting to boil over for the jets. Michael Carter Williams was yelling at a coach on the sideline. Garrett Wilson and Zach Wilson were yelling at each other on the sideline. Garrett Wilson is just, you got to feel for this guy thinking that he's about to be able to play with Aaron Rodgers, And now he has to get stuck with Zach Wilson again. Um, I mean, credit to the Jets. Like, it looks sloppy on the sidelines, but, I mean, Sal is saying Zach Wilson gives them the best chance to win. C.J. Mosley is saying Zach Wilson gives them the best chance to win. Like, we have confidence in him. He's been mentored by some of the best. He, he's he been training with some of the best. Like, he can make things happen. And you see that he throws some of the prettiest balls in the league when he has time. And I just... I I commend the Jets for really like standing behind him, but oh my God, he sucks. He's just so goddamn bad. Like I, there's like really nothing redeemable about his play style. Like the defense did everything they could to get this team to win the game. They lost 15 to 10. How they had two possessions at the end of the game where they could go and score and win. And they couldn't do it because Zach Wilson is so bad. It's really sad. It's really, really sad. I mean, like, what can what can you do? You know, like at I I think honestly, like at this point, you have Kirk Cousins sitting over there in Minnesota at 0-3. Like, I, I don't think the Vikings are going to, like, punt away the season. But, like, what 
what can you do? Like legitimately for the Jets, what can you do? I, I just, you're in such a horrible spot. Um, your saving grace is that it seems like Aaron Rodgers is gearing. Uh, he he looks like he's pretty committed to rehabbing and coming back and playing next year. So that's your one thing that you have to really just be be happy about. But then at the same time, you got like a 40 year old quarterback coming back a torn Achilles. So I, I, I just I don't I don't know. Like, where is the bright spots? <laughs> It's horrible. It's it's literally, it's hell. It's literally hell. And not to mention the fact you just lost for like the 15th straight time to the New England Patriots. That doesn't, that doesn't help things. So whatever, man. I, I just, it, it's so hard to watch the Jets. Like it is so painfully difficult to watch this team. Zach Wilson, he just, he can't, he, he doesn't go through his reads properly. Like he just, there's one play where like Garrett Wilson is just running wide open in the middle of the field in front of Zach Wilson. It's like a drag route. Like he's wide open. If you just give him the ball there while he's crossing your, your point of view or your line of sight, just give him the ball. He can turn the corner. and make things happen. And instead Zach Wilson starts spinning around and running around and then tries to throw it to Garrett Wilson while he's standing out in the flat after finishing his route, throws it to him for an incomplete pass. Like some of those that it's like that kind of play. 50 times over like the kid can just not he can't read he can't read a defense it's bad it's really really bad like take my criticisms of justin fields and turn him up to 10 like it's i I just it's hell it's literally hell that's the best way i could describe it uh we're gonna skip we're gonna save the broncos and dolphins for last but uh, the Browns and Titans. The Browns' defense might legitimately be the best team in the league. They have not allowed 500 yards of offense through th- three games. It's like 400 and something yards of offense through three games. They are suffocating teams on defense. And the Titans, uh, you know, they showed you a little bit of life last week against the Chargers, but just flat out dominated by the Browns this week, 27 to 3. Miles Garrett is, I mean, he's the, he might be, him and Micah Parsons are probably the scariest dudes in the league. He does whatever he wants. Um, there was a point where he was running back and forth, knowing that like the Titans were trying to double him off the line with their tight ends. And he was just running back and forth on defense. Similar to how like in week one against the Bengals, he was doing like fake crossovers. He's just, it's a, it's legitimately a game to him out there. He's just having fun. Um, total dominance from the Browns. I mean, Deshaun Watson had one really bad looking play where he like threw the ball backwards, legitimately straight backwards. Um, but he ended the game with almost 300 yards in the air and two touchdowns. So you can't complain that much, but yeah, another dominating win from Cleveland. Uh, their only loss right now at two and one is that gross divisional game against Pittsburgh. So you know, take that with a grain of salt. Those games are always gross, and they haven't won in Pittsburgh in forever. But they look good. They look good. I still don't think Deshaun Watson's good, though. He's he's going to lose them games. I know he is. Uh, Colts, Ravens, unbelievable win by Gardner Minshew and the Colts to mount a comeback, tie the game, send it to overtime, and then, I mean, you think Justin Tucker is going to hit the 61-yarder, and of all things, it's down the middle, and it comes up 
about a yard short. Never seen that before. And that's an announcer's jinx, by the way, because I don't know who was on this call. It was almost an opposite where uh, they're like, oh, this is a chip shot. And then they shank it. They said, Justin Tucker, you know, he's got plenty of legs, so he doesn't have to put that much on it. It's more about just the accuracy. And of course, the ball is just straight down the middle, like down the middle. And it hits really the post, like the 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 padded post of the of the field goal comes up short about one or two yards. That's that's a different type. Of, that's a different type of announcer's jinx. It really is. Uh, but just an insane win for the Colts. We're now two and one. And that's with Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew coming in, getting a uh getting a W. Matt Gay is the MVP of, of this game, though. Four field goals over 50 yards for him. Um for the Indianapolis Colts. They win 22 to 19. Both teams are two and one. And that is a very concerning loss for the Ravens, who are now, I mean, once again, for like, it feels, I think, like the second or third year in a row, depleted with injuries. I mean, just le legitimately so many injuries, it's alarming. Like, <laughs> Lamar Jackson tweeted out a very funny picture of a painting where he's like, he's like reaching out to the heavens. Like, how can this happen? He knows it's it's BS. He knows it's all bad luck. And he, he's trying his best. But at the end of the day, like the Ravens really do get just blasted with injuries year after year after year. It's crazy. Uh, the final game we'll talk about Dolphins Broncos, the Dolphins putting up an almost historic 70 points, 73, I think ties the record from like 19, the 19, like fifties. So it's a it's a long standing record, but 70 to 20. 70 to 20. The uh the Dolphins are 3-0. The Broncos are 0-3. And it should be noted, the Broncos were 2-1 through their first three games with Nathaniel Hackett. Now the rest of the year went horribly, but Sean Payton hasn't really made that much of an impact. And I'll tell you why. It's because this roster is not good. Roster's not good. Um, their defense that was great last year, 70 points. Uh, I'm not going to hang this loss on Russell Wilson, but this was just <laughs> embarrassing. I mean, highest scoring game since 1966. Uh, we'll read them out. We'll read them out to you. Everyone that scored touchdowns. Tua threw for four touchdowns. Mike White threw for a touchdown when he came in. Two for two, 67 yards, one touchdown. It was to Robbie Chosen Anderson. Um or Robbie Cho, he dropped Anderson. It was Robbie Chosen Anderson, then it was Chosen Anderson, and now he dropped the Anderson, and now it's just Robbie Chosen. So uh Devon Achan, who he said he wanted to be pronounce it like that, 18 carries, 203 yards, and two touchdowns on the ground. Raheem Mostert, 13 carries, 82 yards, and three touchdowns on the ground. Tyreek Hill, nine nine receptions, 157 yards, and a touchdown. Robbie Chosen, a catch. 68 yards, a touchdown. Raheem Mostert, seven catches, 60 yards, a touchdown. Uh, Devon Achan, four catches, 30 yards, two touchdowns. So uh, four total touchdowns for Achan and Mostert on the Dolphins. 
Uh, Tua threw for four. Mike White threw for one. Tyreek had one. They did all of this without Jalen Waddell, who I'm sure was just itching on the sideline to get some action. But yeah, all of this without Jalen Waddell is very, very impressive. Um, not much more you can say. The Colts, I mean, uh, the Broncos are kind of, the Broncos are embarrassing. And I mean, you look at their next their next game is, I mean, they have a chance. Their next games are, they have a chance to get a couple wins under their belt. They play the Bears at one o'clock and then week five, they play the Jets at 425. And then now on a short week, they play the Chiefs, the Packers, and then the Chiefs and the Bills and the Vikings. Oh my God, that's a gauntlet. So now you're at your worst, 0-3, where, I mean, you look at the first three games of the season, ideally you're two and one. If you're looking, if you're at a Broncos fan preseason, you're like, all right, we got the Raiders, the Commanders, and the Dolphins. We might not be as good as the Dolphins, but we can beat the Commanders and the Raiders, be at two and one, then play the Bears and Jets. Now, all of a sudden, you're at four and one before you get to this absolute juggernaut of Chiefs, Packers, Chiefs, Bills. I mean, let's just say they beat the Bears and the Jets. Let's just say. Now you're two and three. Two and four, two and five, two and six, two and seven. In my opinion, like I don't, they're losing to the Chiefs. I don't see them beating the Packers and they're losing to the Chiefs again. And then the Bills they're losing to also. Uh, Not to mention, after that, you have the Vikings, which are not an easy... That's not a... I think they lose that game, too. Then the Browns, they lose that game, too. Then the Texans, which at this point, I think the Texans are better than them. So you're staring at, like, 2-9 and nine in the face? Red Hit the red button. Doomsday scenario. This is bad. It's really bad for the Broncos. Uh... Not much to say. I, I don't have anything else to say about them. Yeah, they they stink. Uh, Thursday night, the Giants played the Niners. They got beat 30 to 12. That, who who cares? I, I knew that was going to happen. Um, I mean, if you asked me through the first three games, the first three weeks of the season, or the first, let's say, we'll, we'll expand it the next week. If you asked me through the first four games of the season, what I expected the Giants to be, I say two and two. I would have said we lost to Dallas, lose to the Niners, beat the Cardinals, which is exactly how it's gone so far. Maybe not exactly in the way I would had hoped. Um, obviously I would have liked them to compete significantly more in these Niners and Dallas games and not have to mount a huge comeback against the Cardinals. But regardless, the record is the same through three weeks. I think we can beat the Seahawks Monday night. We stand at two and through two and two through four weeks. And that's exactly where I expected us to be. So got to beat the Seahawks on Monday. Got to win. And then the Niners are three and zero, best team in the NFC, in my opinion. Eagles are right there, but I think the Niners are just, they're better. I think they're better. I think they got better playmakers at the positions. Uh, quick fantasy wrap-up to end the pod. Uh, my team is kind of in shambles in the redraft. My dynasty team, the rebuild came a year early, baby. Uh, Devon Achen sat on my bench in dynasty with 55 points, and I still won. So that's how my team's going. I mean, I got Goff, Bijan, James Cook. Michael Pittman, Musgrave, uh, Jordan Love, CJ Stroud are on my bench. So I'm three quarterbacks deep. Achan, um, John Mechie, Laporta, Hunter Henry. Like my team looks pretty good. I like my dynasty team. And then my redraft, I won this week. I'm one and two. Um, 
But I mean, my running back situation is still in shambles. Jordan Love kind of saved me this week because I had to bench Burrow, and I'm glad I did. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Metcalf, Mike Williams, and the Bills defense led me to victory. Bills defense gave me 33. I'm hoping Cam Akers gets some run in Minnesota. I really, really, really am because I could use them. Um, I might have to trade DK Metcalf, though. I think that's just that might have to happen just because Mike Williams is he's out for the year. Torn ACL. He's done. So that sucks. Uh, but right now I'm one and two in my redraft and two and one in my dynasty. So not terrible. All right. That'll do it for this episode. From my point of view, thank you all very much for listening. I appreciate you as always. Have a great rest of your week and I'll talk to you all next Tuesday. I did this hook. They took me off the hook. I did the hook. Initially, they got me on the song to do the hook. So I did the hook. And then the thing I did at the end, that's that's my verse. It's That's supposed to be just a bridge for the song. But I did such crazy harmonies on the hook. They were like, this is too much. Hey, hey, move around like a-